Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Boston Sanctuary since 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the Boston metropolitan area and beyond. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. We're located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets in downtown Boston, Massachusetts. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. The Hoopa Indians of Northwestern California but believe that when you go to sleep at night, your shadow takes off. It cuts loose and it goes out to party. And when you wake up in the morning, you have to hum it home. You have to hum home your shadow. Sister Maria Jose Habde, who recorded this belief, writes, you are never ready for the day unless you have taken the time to sing the song of your shadow. Some people say, I must have gotten up on the wrong side of bed. I think I'll go back and start over. They have forgotten to hum. Or she continues, some people get up at 7, and at 10 o'clock, they're still saying, don't mind me, I'm not all here. They have forgotten to hum. So there's a land of wisdom in remembering to get yourself all here every day. This is taught to the Hoopa tribal children by saying, hum your song so your heart and spirit come together. Hum your song. So your heart and spirit come together. So up and out we go, we in our shadow, heart and spirit, body and soul, out into the world. And the trick is to seize the day today, seize the moment now, and pay attention. Today, now, moment by moment, practice kindness. Watch for kindness. Make of our lives a string of pearls of kindness. Be kind whenever possible, says the Dalai Lama. It is always possible. Kindness, says His Holiness, is my religion. The practice is to use whatever is in our path to wake up now. A wisdom story from Tibet tells the story of an arrogant, proud seeker who was determined to attain enlightenment. This is not a good combination. Finally, and you can tell this part by heart, the seeker was directed to the top of a very high mountain where there was a cave where there lived a very wise woman who would be able to instruct this seeker in the ways of enlightenment. And after enduring great hardship, the seeker made it to the cave where there was this very wise old woman right out of central casting, very spiritual looking, dressed improbably in white, smiling beatifically. The seeker prostrated at her feet and asked to be shown the ways of enlightenment. Are you sure? asked the woman. Here comes the big mistake. I'm sure, said the seeker. And with that, the Holy One turned herself into a demon and rose up, 
Brandishing a huge stick, she chased the seeker down the mountain, shouting, now, now, now. And for the rest of their days, the seeker could never escape that demon yelling, now. I have a fantasy that we could practice paying attention, practice kindness, and wake up without being chased by a demon with a stick. American Tibetan Buddhist nun Pema Chudrin writes, the more you open your heart, the more you make friends with your body, speech, mind, the more you make friends with the world. The more you appreciate the fact that when you turn on the tap, water comes out. If you've ever lived without water, you really appreciate that. There are all kinds of miracles. Now, she continues, that's the key. Now, now, now. Paying attention trains us to be fully awake and alive, fully curious. Our life's work is to use whatever we have been given to wake up. That's the challenge of now. What are we going to do with what we have? Here's something that's very helpful to know about now. The biggest obstacle to taking a bigger perspective on life is that our emotions capture and hijack us. The more sensitive we become to this, the more we realize that when we start getting angry or denigrating ourselves or craving things in a way that makes us feel miserable, we begin to shut down, shut out, as if we were sitting on the edge of the Grand Canyon, but we'd put a bag over our heads. Pema Chodron concludes, we can experiment with this. We can look up at the night sky, wow, it's so big. And our minds open. But if we stand there long enough, we'll start to worry about something. And then we realize that it feels as if everything is closing down and getting very small. So the trick about nowness is that we can let go and open up again, open to that space, that spaciousness. And we can do that at any moment, always, now. Terry Dobson was a young martial arts student living in Japan when he learned about the spiritual practice of paying attention. Paying attention now. I'm going to close with his story. The train clacked and rattled through the suburbs of Tokyo on a drowsy spring afternoon. Our car was pretty empty, a few moms with their kids in tow, some old folks going shopping. And, and then at one station, the doors opened, and suddenly the quiet was shattered by a man bellowing violent curses. He staggered into our car, big, drunk, dirty. Screaming, he swung at a woman holding a baby, sending her spinning into the laps of an elderly couple. 
terrified. They jumped up and scrambled toward the other end of the car. The man aimed a kick at the retreating back of the old woman, but missed. This so enraged him that he grabbed the metal pole at the center of the car and tried to wrench it out of his stanchion. I could see that one of his hands was cut and bleeding. The train lurched ahead, the passengers frozen with fear. I was young. I'd been putting in a solid eight hours of Aikido training nearly every day for three years. I liked to throw and grapple. I thought I was tough. Trouble was my martial skill was untested in actual combat. We were not allowed to fight. Aikido, my teacher had said again and again, is the art of reconciliation. Whoever has the mind to fight has broken their connection with the universe. If you try to dominate people, you are already defeated. Nonetheless, I was jonesing for a legitimate opportunity to save the innocent by destroying the guilty. I stood up. Aha, roared the, roared the man, a foreigner. I held on lightly to the commuter strap overhead. I planned to take him apart, but he had to make the first move. I wanted to make him mad, so I blew him a kiss. He gathered himself for a rush at me. But a split second before he'd move, someone shouted, hey, hey. I remember the strangely joyous, lilting quality of it. I wheeled to my left, the man spun to his right. We both stared down at a tiny gentleman. He must have been well into his 70s, sitting there in his immaculate kimono. He took no notice of me, but beamed delightedly at the man. Come here and talk with me, the old man said in a very easy vernacular, beckoning to the man, waving his hand lightly. The big man followed as if on a string. He planted his feet belligerently in front of the old gentleman and roared above the clacking wheels, why should I talk to you? He now had his back to me. If his elbow moved so much as a millimeter, I'd drop him in his socks. The old man continued to beam at him. What you been drinking, he asked, his eyes sparkling with interest. I've been drinking sake, the man bellowed, and it's none of your business. Oh, that's wonderful, said the old man, absolutely wonderful. I love sake too. 
every night, my wife and I, she's 76, you know, we warm up a little bottle of sake and take it out into our garden, and we sit on an old wooden bench. We watch the sun go down, and we look out to see how our persimmon tree is doing. My great-grandfather planted that tree, and we worry about whether it will recover from those ice storms we had last winter. Our tree has done better than I expected, though. As he struggled to follow the old man's conversation, the man's face began to soften. His fists slowly unclenched. I love persimmons, too. His voice trailed off. Yes, said the old man, smiling, and I'm sure you have a wonderful wife. No, he replied. My wife died. I have no wife. I have no home. I have no job. I have a lot of shame. And tears rolled down his cheeks. A spasm of despair rippled through his body. Terry Dobson writes, Suddenly, I felt dirtier than he was. The old man clucked sympathetically. My, my, he said, that is a difficult predicament indeed. Sit down here next to me and let's talk about it. Terry Dobson concludes, the train arrived at my stop. I turned my head for one last look. The man was sprawled on the seat, his head in the old man's lap. The old man was softly stroking his filthy, matted As the train pulled away, I sat down hard on a bench. I would have to practice with an entirely different spirit. I had just seen Aikido tried in combat, and the essence of it was kindness. Beloved spiritual companions, the magic word is today. May we pay attention, open our hearts, and wake up without being chased by a demon with a stick. Hey, may we get ourselves all here we and our shadow, body and soul, and practice kindness. Now, 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 practice kindness. Let it begin. <laughs>